Mark 16, 15, 15 through 20, we're going to read. Mark 16, the Great Commission. Praise the Lord. This is our calling unto the ministry. Praise God. It's easy to get sidetracked and almost forget what we're called to do. And I'm going to tell you, every believer, I'm going to show you this in just a minute, every believer can do the works of Christ. Every believer. Amen? Mark 16, 15. Uh, Jesus, now this is right, this is the last thing he said and he hasn't returned to, re, to retract it. <laughs> I don't think. If you can find the verse where he came back and said, forget all that, that's over, then please show it to me. But it's, I don't think it's in the Bible, is it? Alright. Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. If you're wondering, why are you running off to Argentina? What's in Argentina? Well, it, it, I'll tell you what's in Argentina by tonight. If they win <laughs> this soccer game, there will be joy in the streets. And they'll gladly receive anything I tell them. If they lose, there will be depression. I'm telling you, you have no idea. You should see these people. When they win or their country wins or loses a soccer game, they absolutely go into uh, hysterics either way. So I'm happy that I'm not landing until I leave tomorrow. I don't land until Tuesday morning. It'll give it 24 hours to call them back. <laughs> right? So there won't be riots in the streets of Buenos Aires. Glory to God. But I'm going to Argentina because of this. I have a real yogi in my heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, you know what? There is no pulpit. I want you to know this. There is no pulpit in the world that I'd rather stand in front of than this one. In this church. With you. Praise God. And when I'm off preaching somewhere else, there is a side of me that's not... I, I, I enjoy that, but there's a side of me that I say, oh, I wish I was home. Glory to God. If I had a bigger mailing list and a private jet, I could just take it back on something. <laughs> but you'll have to believe God with me for a really big increase in the mailing list to pull that one off, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I've got friends that have jets, but they never give me a ride. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, or the whole creation. And that's why I'm going to Argentina. They called and said, We should come. We've got some, some folks. Come on, I like the food. I do like the food, too. <laughs> but I think I can find that closer to home than having to fly to Buenos Aires. Amen. Um, and thank God, thank God for um, the opportunity that we have to share the gospel. Amen. Glory to God. And I'll tell you another thing. I don't know why I'm saying this to you in case there's any questions. Praise God. You know, when you let your when you let your pastor go now and then and preach in other places, it makes him a better preacher when he comes back to you. Amen. Amen. There's inspiration. There's 
preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. Well, he worked with them, but why was he working with them? It's because they were preaching the gospel. Really, he worked with the word that they preached more than anything else. Amen? You could say he went, the Lord worked with those preaching the gospel, because that's what he told them to do. And confirmed the message, what message? The one they preached, the gospel message, by accompanying signs. Now, the King James says uh, signs following. But I don't like the word following because it makes it sound like it's behind it somewhere. I like the word accompanying, which many other translations, including the one I'm reading from, says accompanying signs. Amen? In other words, they just go right hand in hand with it. If we preach the gospel, we expect to have signs and wonders, miracles and healings. Praise the Lord. We expect to have the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the demoniacs delivered. Glory to God. We're a full gospel ministry, full gospel church, meaning we believe all of these verses. And as long as I have anything to do with any kind of leadership, that's what we're going to have. Praise the Lord. Amen. No compromise in the message. Say, well, that makes people nervous. Well, I think folks come nervous, you know, out of the womb sometimes. All right. Praise God. Some folks just nervous no matter what you do. You'd have to give them three values to make them not nervous. All right. Now, if you would, turn in your Bibles, praise the Lord, to uh, John. Remember I told you when I started this, the actual message today. I told you I was going to show you how every believer can do the works of Christ. How many would like to see that? Because sometimes, see, we, we've been left with the impression, see, thank God for those, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize the way God does things. How about you? No, I mean, who do we think we are? So God has people that I believe can be especially called, especially equipped to, to for special ministries. Amen? I believe that there are evangelists that, now, you know, all evangelists should be seeing salvation and healing deliverance in their ministry. It goes with some of the special gifts that go with that calling in that office. Amen? I believe every church ought to be having great things happening. But there seems to be those that will have, it seems like, an emphasis or a special calling on their life and ministry, you know, to to uh, to work miracles and to, to heal the sick. How many has ever seen that? A special healing evangelist. Sometimes they'll be on television. Sometimes they'll seem flamboyant. Sometimes they get so flamboyant you don't know if you can bear it. But, uh, you know, it, I always say, well, the question is, is not their style or how flashy they are or, or not. Is, is God using them? Are people coming to the Lord? Are folks being healed? Remember, you know, we don't always get it our way. You know, remember Paul. Uh, some of the disciples of Paul came and they said, "We've got a fellow over here, and he's uh, 
Jesus and he's preaching the gospel for gain. He's just doing it for just for the there's some money. He's found there's a little money in it. And he's doing it for money. Paul said, whether for gain or for loss, Christ has preached, and for that I'm glad. Amen. So sometimes, you know, one time there was, a, I won't say which one, because there's several of them, but one time there was one of these Christian television programs, you know, and one of these women with the, you know, multicolored hair, you know, and they, you know, you know, blinding in on the screen. And uh, this uh, friend of ours was watching, you know, in, up in New York City, she was watching, and she was just saying, well, look at that, that looks ridiculous. I mean, why would anybody wear that? You know, it's too much makeup and this and that and the other, just criticizing the whole thing. And the Lord spoke to her and said, and said, this is none of your business. He said, uh, people. And then, then they started showing the salvation numbers. He said, well, people are calling in. They're finding Jesus. Amen. So that's, and she said, well, I just shut up after that. You know, sometimes we just have to shut up, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know. Sometimes Cherie just gives me a look, like, why don't you just stop talking? So, uh, thank God. I've learned to obey the look, then I don't have to hear the words. Because uh, the first look means be quiet, and the second one means please leave my presence. So, uh, we learn to get the signals, we don't have to hear so much about it.
helping people. And that's really the whole thing, isn't it? We want to help people. Well, John 14, I'm going to show you why you can do the works of Christ here in about five minutes. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. This is Jesus talking. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. I think that's hysterical verse of scripture. Is that he just talked right back to Jesus and said, I don't have a clue what you're saying. And Jesus is sitting there thinking, and I'm leaving the entire modern church in the hands of this fine group here. I've been with them all this time and they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And he's going to say that. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? He said, you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Whatever are you talking about? How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. This kind of shoots universalism in the head, doesn't it? <laughs> no one. How many? Yeah. No one. Well, what about if they're really good at their other religion? What if they're really sincere? What if they, you know, what if they pray, uh, uh, you know, more than we do? What if they pray to their God more than we pray to ours? What about that? What if they uh, are so sincere? What if they're more moral than we are? What about that? See, no, Jesus said no one. How many? No one. Not even good, not even nice sinners. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, folks, I believe the day is coming. I'm not going to suddenly turn into Perry Stone this morning. But I will tell you that the day is coming when, when preaching verses like that will be called hate speech. We're almost there. We're almost there. It will be called hate speech because you'll be, you'll be saying that the other religions won't take you to heaven. And so to say this now, in fact, to even say this publicly, uh, it is, it is, you, you'll get under attack. You'll have people say things to you. But, nonetheless, or how about that Ephesians 5.1 verse? Oh boy, that's in that one. That's called hate speech too. But, uh, it's not hate speech. It's nothing about In God is only light and there is no darkness at all. You can't accuse what God says as hate. That's stupid. Alright. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Philip and Thomas and collaborated on this, I'm sure of it. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and still you do not know me, Philip? No, know me. He's talking about the Father. He says, you have known me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? What's wrong with you? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe? 
Truly, truly, and here you go. Say, this next verse is for me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to my Father. Now, let's stop there, and I'll just finish this up for you. Why can we do the works that Jesus did? He said, because I'm going to my Father. Well, what's, what's going to happen? Why is that so important? He said, because uh, he's going to say down here, uh, in verse 16, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. So here, let's just wrap this up. Praise God. Why can we do the works? He said, because I go to my father. What's the significance of that? He said, I'm gonna, when I get there, I'm going to pray that the Father sends the Holy Spirit to be in me. So as, in a sense, the Holy Spirit was in Christ and in Jesus at that time, he's in us now. Amen. He sent the Holy Spirit. How many of the Holy Spirit came? Praise God. We used to sing the youth choir song. I was there when the Spirit came. Amen. Felt <laughs> His power and praise His name. Glory to God. That's the good thing He calls me. Amen. But the Holy Spirit came, uh, and, and especially if you look at the day of Pentecost. Amen. That just seals the deal, doesn't it? So we can be saved. We can be filled with the Spirit. As a result of that, and knowing the gospel and sharing, see, you got to know the gospel. You got to share the gospel. Can't just, you know, it's a nice testimony to say, well, Jesus is my friend, I recommend it. Well, okay. And that might make a nice little Sunday school song, but that's not that's not enough to believe. Amen. There's a package of information that people need to hear to believe on the Lord Jesus. It's good for every believer, not just the evangelist, not just the missionary or the pastor on Easter Sunday <coughs> preaching the gospel. We need to all have the gospel message down in our hearts. We need to all be able to tell the story of how God created the heavens and the earth and all that's in them and how that God created us and, and, and how man fell and, uh, and, and into this, the sin state, the sin entered the world and how that God had the plan of love and plan of salvation and be able to do that. Amen. And tell people about Jesus. Tell them about how that he died on the cross for them, shed his blood, and uh, uh, was buried and rose again. Amen. If you'll believe what he said, if you'll believe the gospel, amen, the Holy Spirit, and call on the name of the Lord for salvation, the Holy Spirit will come to you as well. And and you will be, what, what did Paul say in the same Corinthians, be reconciled to God. Glory to God. So when he says we are ambassadors for Christ, beseeching you uh, in, in his stead, be reconciling God, guess who the ambassadors are? Is it people like Reverend Pace and myself? Yes. But it's also you. Glory to God. It's every believer. Every believer is an ambassador for Christ. Now some ambassadors are absent without leave, I think. And others are derelict in their duty. 
because does it mean that the commission has changed? Glory to God. So I encourage you today, be dispensers of life. Be dispensers of the gospel. And then be bold. Somebody says, well, would you pray for me? I need a healing. Don't just say, yes, I'll put you on my prayer list. No, pray for them right then and there. Glory to God. If you have to step around the corner to be discreet or whatever, a place of business, then do it. I've prayed for many people standing outside a restaurant. I've prayed for many people. They shut the door to their office. I've prayed for them right there. They'll say, pray for me. I'll pray for them right then and there. Amen? And tell them to expect God to make a difference and to touch them. Ask them, can you tell any difference? I've prayed. We expect God. And your prayer doesn't have to sound like R.W. Shambach on a good Friday night in a tent meeting. Glory to God. You don't have to scream it and blow out the speakers in the PA system for your prayer. You don't have to scream in tongues at the top of your voice in the middle of a restaurant. I remember one time I was with this one lady. She's real charismatic and a little overzealous. And she actually kind of brought reproach on things because she had no discretion. So we would be in a really nice restaurant. She decides she's going to have one of her Holy Ghost fits, jump up and run around the table, you know, in France, you know, in a really nice place. Well, they don't know if they should call the police or what they should do. She lost her mind. You know, and I've had to go around behind these people explaining they're just a little overzealous, overwrought, you know, because they love their clients. You know, when the food comes, it's amazing how they can get out of the spirit so quickly. When the food comes, all of a sudden, they're able to control it, but before they could not. But I just said, praise God, you know. I think sometimes we get the impression that evangelism means, you know, we've got to really be loud and, you know, make a big scene. And there is a time for that. But praise God, there's also a time to be quiet, to be discreet. You know, just reach over and touch somebody upon the hand and say, in the name of Jesus. You know, Lord, I ask you to touch my hand. I ask you to bless them. You can start your healing ministry. How many like to have a healing ministry? God moves them to heal the sick. That's the way you can start right there, just by joining hands with somebody and saying, Jesus, bore your sicknesses and carried your pain. By stripes you're healed. And I pray a prayer of healing for you. And watch God do great things. Amen? God's looking. God's not looking for form. God's not looking for how good of an eloquent prayer you are. God's looking for hearts. God's looking for faith. God's looking for something real. You're not going to bless Him. I don't care how big of a prayer you've got going. Glory to God. That's why when I can see me in a prayer meeting, I just go for it. You know, I just figure, well, here we are, prayer meeting. Let's pray. Praise God. Just go for it. Maybe it doesn't sound all pretty all the time, but that's not the point. We're not in the prayer contest. We're having a prayer meeting. And just to lift up Jesus and help people. Amen? Does that help you today at all? Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. And thank Him today.